0: Welcome to the Better Spearfishing Podcast, where we talk all things spearfishing. If you want to improve your spearfishing and hear some wild stories, you've come to the right place. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Better Spearfishing Podcast. Thanks for coming and joining me. So the topic of today's podcast is it was actually one that my friend Mika raised a while ago while we were speaking and it's a bit of an esoteric topic it's a, it's a bit of a deep um one but I think it was quite interesting and and he suggested I speak more on this on the podcast and um also I'll be interviewing future guests on this topic and the actual question is, why do we spearfish? What, what is it about spearfishing that keeps us out there going back? What is it that makes it such an addictive sort of sport? And um, yeah, look, I'm just going to share my thoughts on this uh, today. So I think for many people, if, if I just ask you that, your first answer would be, I do it for the experience. Um so it, it might be the experience of going out into nature, hunting fish, being part of, you know, I don't know, the environment. For many people, it's also for the friendship. So your dive buddies, you um you actually have like a shared experience but between yourself and your dive buddies, and um you build really interesting friendships through this great sport. You meet new people, um, at, and again, it's a it's a friendship through it, something shared. Okay, for some people, I would say you know they might say it's a chance to be in nature. So if you spend most of your your week um, in the city or, or just somehow being involved with. Um, you know, all the things that we that we do in the modern world, sitting behind computers or at work, um, this is a chance to be in nature. Like some people might want to go hiking, uh, but if you are more of a water person, well, this is maybe your outlook for that. So I, I think few of us would just say it's just to catch fish. Um, Although I'm sure there are some people that that is their their primary reason or they do it for the food, Um, you know, just a quick dive to to get some food and, and, you know, the other reasons are sort of secondary for them. So for all of these these reasons, I'm going to say there's actually a deeper reason why we do this. So if you think about it, doing it for the experience, okay, that's that's great. You're, po- you're getting something from it. If you're doing it for um, the friendship um, or you're doing it to be in nature or, um, you know, to catch fish, maybe not so much to catch food, but most of the other ones, the experience, friendship, being in nature, the challenge of, of looking for things, what I think – is common to all of these is actually the feeling that we get while we are doing um, the spearfishing activity. And I guess if if I break it all down, I think what we're actually chasing is a very specific feeling. Um, Now, of course, as as guys, I think we don't really talk about feelings too much, and and look, I I don't mind one way or the other. Um, But I think if we if we're honest with ourselves we will realize that you know why do we want the experience what what is it it's the feeling we get from that experience you know why do we you know the friendships that we get it it's actually the feeling that we get from those friendships and I had a few other thoughts on this so there there's Ages ago, a I think it was a Russian or a Soviet uh, psychologist or scientist called Mikhail Chim- Chimanilsky, uh, he, a book called, or I can't remember if this is the title, but the topic of the book was flow uh, or flow state. And basically what, what flow state is, you know when you are doing something and you just get totally absorbed in that thing whatever it is, and you forget about everything else. You forget about time, eating, if you're feeling tired, or you're just so in the moment um, that everything else kind of disappears. And that is called flow state. And anyway, there's been a lot of research done about this, and they find that peak athletes get this, they get into that state when they are Doing whatever their, their sport is, or or you know, performers or artists or you know, painters, they all get into the state. Um, I know I've got artists in my family, and and when they're painting, um, you sort of you you can't really um, catch their attention. They're so engrossed in the act of painting that they'll do it for hours and hours and hours and, and not even realize. Um, and that is being in flow state. Now, I think many of us get flow state from our spearfishing. There's the other added element of it, which is the breathing. If you've done any yoga or meditation, the breathing that we do for spearfishing is very similar to the breathing you would do in, in many of the yoga practices and in meditation. You're doing the deep slow breathing, you're trying to relax, you're consciously focusing on, on relaxing and slowing things down. Um, which obviously that's why yoga and meditation are used so much by flea divers or spear fishermen um, and, and why it, it crosses over so well. So anyway so I, I guess yeah my my sort of core thesis on this is that we're actually we're cha- chasing that feeling of being in flow state um, now th- there's there's obviously other elements there's there's an element of exercise that we get as well I know that certainly if I've had a big day out diving I'll be pretty exhausted afterwards and you know like a good Sort of tired, where your muscles feel a bit tired, and but but you feel good from it. So there, there's that feeling. There's certainly diving here. It's where I spoke earlier about um, you know we're surrounded by our daily you know mod the conveniences of modern life or, or work or you know our day to day concerns and responsibilities. And as soon as you step in the ocean, you are actually separate. Separate from all of those things, you are in a completely separate environment, where there there are no cars, there is no smoke, there is no traffic, there is no people pushing you, you, you know, hustling. There's you're in a completely separate environment to your your normal environment. So for me, it's almost stepping out of day-to-day activities, almost going into that flow state in a separate environment um, and sort of shutting off the rest of the world. So it's almost like a meditation state. You know, if if you were, you know, spiritually inclined, you could actually say it's almost a spiritual experience, um, you know, this, this whole thing. I, I think, in, you know, if, if we were talking about you know, different groups of people or um, from around the world, they would concert. You know, they do similar things, obviously not diving, but similar experiences where they remove themselves from their day to day activities, and they do things with certain people, and or you know, they go out into the forest or up onto the mountain, and they remove themselves from all all of their normal worldly problems, and they do it to. It's it's really it's like a spiritual journey, um, so you know. in, in a way, I, I think spearfishing is kind of like that. So, okay. Oh, the the other thing which uh, I find really fascinating is as soon as you step into the ocean, you are suddenly you're not what well, you're part of the food chain all of a sudden, and um, you're not necessarily at the top of the food chain either. Um, so. If you think of human ev- or people and how we've evolved, let, let me take one step back. I heard a famous uh, quote. I, I can't remember exactly who it was, but um, yeah, it, it was on an audio book, and it, it really stuck me. They said, "If you take a dog or a pig or a goat or a horse or any of these creatures," they have all the same body parts or bits inside them that we do. So internally, we have the same bodies as any of those things. The only real difference is our mind. Um, But we are also animals, and so we've evolved in a similar way to these other creatures. So if there's a loud noise, any of those creatures will generally, unless they've become accustomed to that, they'll automatically be frightened from it. If there is a a dangerous animal, dangerous predatory animal that would normally feed on them, they will want to get away from it. So we've evolved in a similar sort of way to all these other animals. And... Humans and until very recently, you know, if you think of the the human evolution, we used to have predators. We were being eaten by saber toothed tigers and or saber toothed cats, and God knows whatever else. You know, in Africa, there are still places where people get eaten by animals. Um, in fact, a friend of mine, uh, he lives near quite a major river um, in in northern Zambia. And there's a small village on the other side of that river. And he tells the story that one day they were sitting out in the morning having their coffee and they suddenly heard a scream and then they heard wailing from the other side. And they found out that um, one of the ladies who went to the river to collect water um, or wash her clothes or do something um, got taken by a crocodile. And, um, yeah, she was never found. She was eaten. So, you know, it still happens in certain parts of the world, but for most of us, especially if we're living here in the first world, this is a, not something that's really a concern in our day-to-day lives. But when you step into the ocean and there's sharks and there's, you know, whatever else, you're, you're getting stung by jellyfish and you go and you look in caves and there's more like eels, um, you suddenly realize that you, you know, you're on the food chain again. And I think there's something quite primal about that that's Almost we're almost reconnecting to who we are by being part of the food chain again you know on land we've sort of you know you know got rid of a lot of the animals that could hurt us um, in in most parts of the you know certainly the developed world um, but when you step into the ocean there's no fences to keep the sharks out um, and so we're, again we're part of the food chain so I, I think in that sense it's actually reconnecting to I guess who we are. Um, Obviously, in a slightly different environment to um, terrestrial environment, but again, we're being back into nature, back into the food chain. Okay. So, another thought that I had on this was if you watch some of the really good spare fishermen on YouTube, and, and I'm thinking here of people like Ryan Myers. uh, because he does fantastic videos and he's obviously at the top of his game uh diving in in um you know he's dived in the United States spearfishing team and and internationally many many times and he will often show in his videos that he'll see fish um that he could catch he you know there's nothing wrong with them but he won't because he's just enjoying the experience he's looking to see what else comes along he's almost just in the moment and doesn't feel the need to catch every fishy sees, So, you know, in that sort of situation, I, I would say it's almost a... Um, yeah, it's all... Again, it's, it's being in flow state. It's almost like a meditative state uh, that you're in when, when you get to that point. Then one of the other um, YouTube things where um, Daniel Mann was interviewing Giacomo de Mola and he asked him an interesting question. He said, do you go for big fish now or do you go for quantity of fish? And I think Giacomo's answer was, again, very interesting answer, which um, I've certainly found true in my life. He said it depends on what stage of your life you're in. And he said, you know, at some point in your life, you want to catch the biggest trophy fish. So you will wait until you get the biggest trophy fish. And it's, you know, that's what brings you, again, the feeling of excitement, accomplishment, of having achieved something, of, you know, having overcome something. So Again, we're back to the feeling. You're, you're catching the big fish because of the feeling you get of catching that and, you know, sh- showing your friends and they're all jealous and happy for you at the same time. And then you share it and, you, you know, you share it with people and the food and the story, you know, now you're telling the stories. But again, it all comes back to it's actually the feeling that, that you got from that that um that drove you to catch the big fish. Anyway, sorry, back to back to um the actual topic, Giacomo's response. So he said at certain points in your life you will want the big fish. And then he said at it, you know, in other times I think you're catching for numbers, for in competitions. And then at some point you're very content to just take a few small fish and enjoy the experience. Um so, yeah, I, I just thought that was an an interesting thing to, that shows, again, how really what we're after is the feeling that we're getting from it, but the fee, what gives us that feeling changes at different points in our life. So, yeah, it, it might be that big fish that gives you that feeling, or it could be the experience of being in nature and you know, being there with your friends and just watching beautiful fish, just be, feeling so grateful to just be there doing it. Um, I certainly had that yesterday. I had a lovely dive out, a, a Christmas morning dive, and I went out to a spot, not very really deep, probably I think the deepest was about eight meters, and I found bait and diving on the inside of a bit of reef, yeah, not deep, but it, there were fish everywhere. There were mackerel, um, the shark mackerel. So it's a smaller mackerel species. They get, I think the record would be about 10 or 11 kgs. Um, I, I took two that, I think gutted and gilled, they were both about two or two and a half kilos, so that they weren't big fish, but they'll be good um, good smoked. Um, and then I saw a huge school of big pink snapper, which was just incredible, and um they weren't interested in food, so clearly it was a bleeding school. Um, of course, I was hoping to take one of the trophy fish at the back, but um they weren't interested. And it just the experience of diving down and you know, lying on the sand in sort of eight meters until you know, long dives, as long as I could, and they were just slowly circling me, and I tried everything and they wouldn't come any closer. But I, you know, so I didn't catch the fish I wanted. I ended up taking a smaller fish. Um, I think it was about three, three and a half kilos. Um, That was the only one that came in range. But just that experience was absolutely magical. Um, Yeah, I wish I was more consistent at taking GoPro footage or taking my GoPro uh, because, yeah, it would have been some spectacular footage. But um, anyway, yeah, it, it was a great experience, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed just doing that. Even if I hadn't caught any fish, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that uh, that whole process. So, okay, just a, a few last little thoughts on this. So, um, look, nothing, yeah, hopefully, hopefully nothing nothing too wild. Um, another phrase that I heard, which I think ties into the why do we spearfish? I think it's sort of an Eastern an eastern philosophy. And it, it's something about, if you look at nature, nothing is rushing. So nothing rushes in nature, but nothing is left undone. So what that means is if you look at, you know, the seasons changing and the, the trees start growing, and you don't see plants struggling to grow, and yet they do. We don't watch you know, animals struggling every day to, you know, make a living and feed themselves and raise their kids. They just seem to, you know, slowly just do it and get on with it. And and yet everything still functions. Uh, So it's got, it comes to this idea of being able to, to be at ease and flow through the, through, I guess, through life or through, through the world. And I think that's, that idea is something that we when we go spearfishing, we are pulled back into that. Because you cannot lush spearfishing. If you try to lush your dive, uh, well, firstly, you won't hold your breath fairly well, you'll scale off all the other all the fish. So we are forced to slow down and to go at nature's speed. And again, if we just tie it back to our evolution. We are animals. We, we're obviously very advanced animals, but we are a part of nature. I think in, in our modern world, we have this tendency to think of nature as something separate, and then there's humans. And it's actually not like that. We, like, like I alluded to earlier, we have all the same biology as a horse, or a goat, or a pig. All the same organs inside them are also within us. And so I think... Spearfishing, we go to and reconnect with the same pace of life at which humans really evolved to live at. Um, You know, we didn't evolve to actually live with you know the the pace of technological change we live with now. And look, I I think it it certainly causes problems, which um, which you know we're currently you know figuring our way through or or not. Um, But spearfishing. It pulls us back into a slower way of life, a slower, you know experience of being in nature, reconnecting with who we are and yeah, and where we came from. So anyway, look, that that uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a deep and and philosophical um, topic, but but I thought I'd do something different and share that. And I will, I think, ask um, people on the podcast so future guests, Um, for their thoughts on this. I'm I'm sure they've got much shorter answers, not a whole podcast. But um, anyway, hope that was food for thought for everybody. And yeah, have a great great rest of your holidays and I'll speak to you soon. Take care, bye.